Welcome to the Catch the Fire Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us, and we hope you're encouraged by this message. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, everyone. Good morning. We good? Woo! Y'all got the joy of the Lord today? Feeling excited to be alive, to be here, to worship as a community this morning. I just want to say a a huge thank you to this community. Jess and I both want to say how much we love you all, how much we love this, this community of faith, this community of believers, and how much we've just kind of enjoyed switching it up a little bit the last few weeks. I hope you all have been enjoying it. Um, I know for us, we're kind of like, sometimes faith looks like risk. Sometimes faith looks like trying something different. And for us, when we, we kind of did this setup of worship and preaching at Overflow, there was something about it that felt really beautiful and intimate. Did you all feel that? There's something that really felt like we were more unified and one as a church. Even, even the psychological effect, not that anyone has that purpose or intention in their hearts, but of having a sort of elevated stage where the musicians and the singers and the, no, we are all the church, everybody. You didn't know it, but you came to, to lead worship this morning when you walked in the doors. We are all lead worshipers before the throne of God, leading the body, leading one another's in worship. So we've just kind of loved this. We don't know how long we're going to do it, but we're just going to keep doing it, okay? So I want to invite you to keep just an open posture, uh, a, a humble heart before the Lord, and just roll with it. Go with us. Be the church. Be one. You know, as we had that kind of message stirring in our hearts of our last series, uh, we the church, and Jess had that whole one, one heart. Does anyone remember this? One heart. One soul. One mind. Who? That's right. Some of y'all remember it. So we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And I love it. I feel like, I mean, speaking personally for me, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I can fix my eyes on Jesus better than ever in this, this setting. So, and he's the reason we're here. He's the reason for this morning. Whew, come on, just set your eyes on him for a second. Jesus, you're the reason we're here. Jesus, we don't want to play church. We don't want to sing, just sing songs. We don't want to just sing about you. We want to sing to you. We just, we don't want to just hear words about you. We want to hear words from you. Lord, I ask that you would just confront us with the reality of your presence. Confront us with the reality of the kingdom of heaven here now at hand in our presence, in our very midst. God, as we're kicking off this series, as we're talking about legacies, we're talking about the legacies we leave behind, as we're talking about the legacies going forward in our lives, Lord, would you just confront us the reality that you are with us and that through you we can do all things. Lord, that there is nothing too hard for you. There is no battle that cannot be won, that yours is the victory. And no matter what, we've read the end of the story and you have the final say. So Jesus, our faith, our hope, our desire is in you. God, would you just continue to pull us together in unity as a church, pull us together in unity with one another, Father, that we would love one another 
even in our differences, even in the ways that we don't agree on things or look the same or act the same, Lord, that we would be a church in unity before your throne, worshiping, as we will be one day in heaven. (laughs) So if you're sick of it, buckle up. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, just tell him, I set my eyes on you. Come on, I set my eyes on you, Jesus. God's people said? Amen. God's people said? Amen. amen, amen. Like I said, we're kicking off our new series, our legacy series this year, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited for this morning. I'm, we're going to be talking about purpose this morning. Talking about the purpose of man, what is our purpose about living a life of purpose, and what is at the very essence, what is at the very core and truth of this question. You know, we live in a world that often defines purpose synonymous with success. And the thinking is that if I can just have enough, if I can just do enough, if I can just have the right amount in my savings account, or if I can have the right career if I can be in the right tax bracket, if I can be in the right circle of friends, group of friends, if if I can do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be happy. If I can be successful in some way, then I'll be happy. If I can wear the right clothes, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. And the world kind of has... Three primary things that they're chasing after I want to talk about for a moment this morning. And that's pleasure, possessions, and prestige. If you ask somebody, like, what do you want out of life? A lot of people might just tell you, I just want to be happy. I just want to have fun. I just want to feel good. And rarely are you probably going to find the answer, I want want responsibility. I want something to take care of in my life. I want something to steward in my life. I want my life to be an offering to the world around me. I want to lay my life down and die on a cross like Jesus did for the world. Rarely are you going to find this sort of answer that's like, I I, I want to be accountable in my life. I I want to make a difference. I want to make a change. And you have these like crazy Crazy pop songs coming, coming out in our generations. One of the ones when I was growing up was um, this song by like Kesha. And it was, um, let's make the most of tonight like we're going to die young. Think about it. It's this sort of like frivolity towards life that it's sort of whatever. Let's just make the most of tonight. I just want to feel good. I just want to, I just want to be entertained. I just want pleasure. And we live in a culture where entertainment is one of the the largest industries that we have. And it's why we have, we have drug addictions, we have alcohol addictions, we have all sorts of pornography addictions, we have all sorts of addictions because we just want to feel something. Because there is this longing inside of the world, of the human heart, that says, why am I here? Why do I belong? Where do I find fulfillment? Where do I find joy? Where do I find purpose? Or the world wants possessions. If I can just have enough stuff, then I'll be happy. 
Y'all, we've never fallen into this in the church, right? Listen, my wife and I, we love the home shows. We love our Studio McGee. Any Studio McGee fans in the room? Joanna Gaines, whatever it is. If my house could just look like Joanna Gaines' house, then I will be happy. And we watch these shows, Jess and I, we watch these shows, and afterwards, somehow, it's like, change everything. Tear out the carpets, tear down the walls, burn it all, and start again. There's this, this like, comparison is the thief of joy, by the way. So, um, but there's this, if I just have this, then I'll be happy. If I just have this, then I'll be happy. If I have this expensive car that I've dreamed of, if I have this jewelry, Ooh, that's a hard one for me right now. Whatever it is, right? If I have the right sports equipment, ATVs and dirt bikes and sea-doos and whatever it is, then I will be happy. <laughs> Expensive clothes. And our value becomes based on our net worth of the amount of things we have rather than Jesus. Or we're chasing prestige. We want to be liked. We want to be popular. We want to be famous. We want the world to like us. And there's almost this, this fear of being disliked. This fear of man that even sometimes has overcome the church. This fear to, to stand out and be different. Newsflash, we are different. <laughs> you, are, you are in this world, but you are not of this world, is what the Bible says. We are simply passerbyers. We're passing by this earth. This is not our eternity. This is not the final resting place for us. This is but a moment. And, and yesterday we were celebrating the life of Judy Abernathy who passed into glory. And there's this finality when you're at a funeral, this reminder that our lives are but a moment. And as believers, our, our hope is not in being liked or having enough things or our purpose is not being found in the pleasures of this earth, but it's the fact of hope for eternity for all of us. And so the world wants prestige. We want to we wanna fix our images and we're conscious of what others think about us and want people to look at us and think we're successful. Thanks, Antoine. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 say, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And I love it. I, I, I caught a video yesterday on my phone of... Um, I can't remember her name. I should have looked it up between services. Uh, but the, the newest lead in the Black Panther movie, her name, and whatever it is, I'm sorry, I don't remember. But she was, it was in this video where she was being interviewed and she was talking about how she tried to fill the, the hole in her life with stuff. And as she was making more money, being successful in Hollywood and with money and, and fame and all sorts of things, she was saying how a friend of hers, she was feeling empty, and a friend of hers called her up, as the Lord told him to, and he calls her and, and begins to tell her about Jesus, say, the Lord told me to call you. And he begins to tell her about Jesus, and she gives her life to Jesus, and she's now on this interview, one of the largest franchises right now, one of the leads in one of the large franchises, 
and she's testifying about Jesus. Because, yeah, come on, you, you can clap for that. Because the reality is nothing can satisfy the longing of the human heart. You know, we look at Justin Bieber, who I, I grew up with Justin Bieber. He was a, a boy from Stratford, Ontario, and he used to go to the Catch the Fire Toronto Youth Conferences, the church we came from. His mom, Patty, is a strong believer. She would take him to the conferences. Jess tells me stories of, like, Justin Bieber being all cool and, like, rapping and people gathering around him at the conferences. And... But what happens? He gets all the, all the, the recognition and prestige the world could offer, all the fame, celebrity status. He has seemingly all the pleasures at his fingertips. He has all the possessions he could imagine. But he's like, this ain't it. He's left with this void. And what does he do? He returns to the God of his youth. He remembers Jesus. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before life goes, goes old and your, your eyes grow dim. Solomon was in a bit of a dark place. But I love this invitation. And if you're here tonight and you're one of our students, the invitation is don't wait. The time is now. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. I'm here to tell you today that what the world has to offer ain't it. What the world has to offer isn't going to satisfy the longing of your heart. It doesn't fulfill the very purpose and nature with which you were created for. And one day when we're breathing our last, none of it is going to matter. One day we all, no matter the amount of wealth or fame or privilege or whatever it is, we are all going to stand before one judge. And as a young man, I was... I was consumed with this question. I was consumed with, I remember I finished my two years at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and then I was consumed with this question, what is the purpose of man? And it like, it vexed me for the next couple years. It consumed my thoughts. It kept me up at night. I was just like, what is the purpose of man? I would cry out to the Lord. I would ask him. I was a brave heart lover. Any brave heart lovers in the room? Yeah. Freedom. (laughs) There it is. There it is. I could probably quote the whole movie. I'm not going to. But the li- there was one line in there that I loved. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And I was like, that got me. And I was like, every man dies. I'm going to be one of those that lives. And so I was like determined to find out what is the purpose of, of man? What is the purpose of humanity? Even when you... Even when you look back and you, you begin to read the Bible, you see the, the book of Genesis where God creates the earth. He creates night and day. He separates the earth and the sea. He creates the sea. He creates the plants and the birds and the animals and the fish. He creates Adam and Eve. And he says it's good and he rests. And then he says to them, which this is a very important thing for the first couple on earth to do, but he says be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. There was this calling, like, listen, if the, the human race is going to die with you, so be fruitful and multiply. But it still begs this question, unto what end? Why? And this is not a new question. This is a question that is, is the humanity has asked themselves since the, the dawn of time, that historians and scientists and theologians and scholars have tried to answer. And this morning, I want to present to you some 
something called the Shorter Catechism. There was a group of, of scholars from the Church of Scotland and the Church of England some 400 years ago. And in a desire to bring conformity and unity to the Church of England and the Church of Scotland, they got together and they decided to create the Shorter Westminster Catechism. And so they gathered together, and it, it's, it's a beautiful document, and actually the first question in there, it's laid out in questions and answers. The first question is, what is the chief end of man? What are we here for? What is our purpose? And I love this. I love this answer that was given as they began to study and read the scriptures, as they began to search the word of God for the answer. The conclusion that they came to was man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's it. Isaiah 43, verse 6 through 7 say, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of, ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Habakkuk 3.18 says, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Take joy and joy. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. I want to take a minute. I want to talk about these, what I believe are very invitational dynamics to you and I to find purpose, to find fulfillment. As we're talking about the legacy we're leaving, the legacy we're, we're blazing ahead of us and the legacy we're leaving after, right? Firstly, I want to talk about enjoying God. David says in Psalms 103, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, everybody say all. That is within me, bless his holy name. <laughs> bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all. Come on, say all. All his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. When we have a revelation of enjoying God, when we understand this as something that we are called to, as something that we find life and purpose and fulfillment in, all of a sudden it's like the, the, the sky is bluer than ever before. The sun is brighter than it's ever been. All of a sudden, the breath in our lungs means something. The fact that you woke up today means something. I mean, people that have a serious revelation of this are almost obnoxious. It's like everything in their life is a blessing. And when we're in a place of grumpiness, we're offended. God just keeps blessing me. We live in North Carolina. It's beautiful. And we're like, I'm grumpy today. Leave me alone. But all of a sudden, when we enjoy God, it's like we, we do what David says here. We remember all his benefits. All of a sudden, it's like we take a moment and, and what has just become 
routine for us, Christian routine for us, all of a sudden we're like, let me think about the grace that was bestowed upon me on the cross today. Let me meditate on the cross. Let me meditate on the fact that Jesus said, it's better that I go for if I don't go, I won't send the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Let me think about for a moment the fact that Jesus ascended into the heavens for, to send the Holy Spirit, which now lives with me. And all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him and he lives inside of me. All of a sudden, we begin to appreciate the things of God as we learn to just enjoy him. As we learn to love him. And even enjoying the gifts from God, enjoying things in our lives, art and music and intellectual pursuits and hobbies and whatever it is, right? It's like everything becomes a blessing. We had like a little expense we needed to seed and aerate this back part of our yard that was just looking pretty barren. And it was, it was a decent little amount of money and we were like, oh man, that, that sucks. And yesterday as the guy showed up to do it, a check in the, came in the mail for the same amount for something totally unrelated. And I just chose to be one of those that enjoy God. And I was like, Jesus, I believe this is you. Oh God, you're so good. And we were just like, we were stoked. We were worshiping. We're like, yes, Lord. And the number one commandment is to what? Come on. The number one commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your, all your, yeah. I want us to think about this for a moment. What is love without joy? What is love without enjoyment? Where are my married couples at, right? What is love without enjoyment? When all of a sudden you're in the danger zone as a married couple, you're not keeping your love on, you're entering the roommate phase, one where you sleep beside them, not with them, God forbid. Got the pillow barricade between you. You're going to bed grumpy, even though the Bible says not to do that. And um, you're upset. And all of a sudden, it's like you're hitting the, you're hitting the, the panic button. And you're like, we got to do something. We got to, if, if we can't figure this out on our own, babe, we need to go get some counseling. We need somebody to help us talk this through, learn to love one another. Or you're like, babe, we got to put aside some money and we got to go on a date night. I love my date nights. Y'all love your date nights? Like excuse to go eat food and look at each other's faces. It's great. And Raleigh has such good food. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm like, we need to find ways to enjoy one another. We need to find ways to find the joy. Joy makes you do crazy things when you love one. When you love somebody and you enjoy their presence, it makes you do crazy things. All of us, if you've been in a relationship, you know those early days where everything is butterflies. Everything is sweet. I would drive 14 and a half hours from Canada through the night to come see Jess. And I was like, I'm getting here as quick as possible. Any hardcore road trippers in the room? I'm like, if you can't do the gas, food, and bathroom in the same stop, you ain't stopping. And it's like, it must all, I don't care if I'm putting garbage in my body. We are getting there at a good time. I don't, I don't condone the message or, or yeah, anyways, whatever. The point is, you do crazy things. 
We're still crazy. Our kids, when we go up to Canada for Christmas, we put a potty in the car. And we're like, listen, you got to pee. There it is. If they got to go poo, I'm not. We'll stop. We'll stop. But I'm listen, you got to go pee and then go and we'll slow down just enough to toss it out the window and keep going. Because I'm like, we got 12 hours to get to Canada for Christmas. We're going to make it. But I love my family and I want to see them. Love makes you do crazy things. You see, love without enjoyment is simply tolerance. And we're not called just to tolerate. We're speaking about marriages here, but how much more the Lord? The purpose, the chief end of man is to enjoy him. I love that. I love that they they came up with this, to enjoy him forever. And the beautiful thing is he, he likes you too. As Julian, if any of y'all caught Julian Adams, he was awesome at our conference, but he was reminding us, I hadn't heard it since my Bethel days, but he not only, he not only loves you, he likes you. Like he likes to be with you. He likes to spend time with you. And so often the biggest hindrance for us to actually receive his love is ourselves and our own stinking thinking. But he loves you. He loves us. And so we can't be satisfied with love without enjoyment. We are called to enjoy him. We can't be satisfied with weak love. We're meant to have a vivacious love, a visceral love, (laughs) a love that is passionate and means something, a love that has action. (laughs) Forget not all his benefits. I loved, as a young man, one of my, probably to this day I consider it a life verse for me, but it's Philippians 3, verse 7, where Paul's talking about all the, all the things in his life that he could hold so dear. And he says, all these things that I once considered something, I now consider worthless compared with the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. What's more, I consider it all garbage. And it's like all the things that we think can satisfy, all the things that we try to do to numb the pain, to make us feel something, nothing will satisfy but Jesus. Nothing works. That's it, Antoine. (laughs) Secondly, we are called to glorify God. Amen? Called to glorify him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that nice of him? Like he, in advance, he was thinking about you. He's prepared in advance things for you to find life and purpose and joy and fulfillment in your life. Created you unto a purpose to do good works. I'm grateful for that. When we have a revelation of the, the calling to glorify him through our lives, to glorify him through our yes, to glorify him through a life laid down, These people, too, can be obnoxious to the easily offendable because often they're they're radicals. To follow Jesus is like, I'm going to give up the comforts and ease of this world. I'm going to give my heart and my life and my whole devotion to him. Whatever Whatever he wants, whatever he calls me to, I say yes. Those that have a revelation of this are like, realize that they're living for more than themselves. 
And in our society, I, I can fall in this trap too. It's so easy sometimes to just look at our own circumstances to wear blinders when we're actually called to look up and look out to the world around us. When we're called to walk out the Great Commission. And this is it. We are, we are set apart, everybody. We are not, we are not of the world. We are simply in it. We are called to be the salt and the light to the earth. We are called to be different. So we enjoy him. And then through our obedience and our abandonment and our obsession with him, we glorify him with our lives. Amen. And this is the, this is the call. In 1 Peter 4.10 says this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We are called to serve the world around us. I think of the story of the talents. I think about that whole well done, good and faithful servant. It's not well done, good and famous servant. It's not well done, good and busy servant. It's not well done, good and rich servant. It's well done, good and faithful servant. And with our lives, we have the opportunity to glorify God to first enjoy him, to enjoy all this life that he's given us, the beauty of the world around us, and then glorify him with our lives. And as we said, this great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, Jesus lived in this world. We know this. And he moved through different parts of society, politically, religiously, socioeconomically, with, with the prostitutes and the rich rulers and the tax collectors and the sick and the lepers. But Jesus loved these people. He served all people. He came to be the servant. He is our example. He wasn't compromised by the world, but he wasn't afraid to be around the world. And we are called to be a people of no compromise, but we are called to glorify God with our lives. And there is a world outside these four walls that doesn't know him, that has a longing in their hearts, that has something in their lives that cannot be filled. And when they've searched it all, like that guy that called up that, that, that actor and said, I just feel like the Lord told me to call you and begin to tell, tell her about Jesus. It's like all of a sudden opening ourselves up to the world around us and the Jesus that they so desperately need. And we get to glorify him with our lives. We get to glorify him within our families. We get to glorify him in our businesses. We get to glorify him in our neighborhoods with our families. And I want to challenge us that it's not just our words. It's also our character. Jesus, as I said, was a person who, who was not, would not compromise. And sometimes as believers, I believe that we, we can say the right things, but our actions don't, don't match. And we are called to be a set-apart people, a people of holiness. It's not a message we always love, but it's a true message. And there is such beauty in life and purpose to be found in it. And so we are called to, to, to give our, our everything to him. And, you know, Paul talks about in, in I believe it's 1 Corinthians. He talks about those of us who can do all these miracles, who can all do all these wonderful things, but without love, 
or just a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. And we must carry, we must strive to carry not just the words of the scripture, but the, the character of Jesus to the world around us and love those that are different than us. The, the challenge is to love our enemies, to love those who hate you, to like Jesus get up on a cross and to his cynics, to the thief that's laughing at Jesus, to the, the people that are looking at Jesus and ridiculing and gambling over his clothes saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so we, with our lives, we get to lay our, lay our lives down and say yes to Jesus, say yes to give our lives away. Yes. yes. <laughs> Gotta love Antoine. And I want to challenge us this morning that we can't have either or, that it's both and. That if we simply enjoy him and there's no action, there's no outworking of our love, we're just keeping it for ourselves and that's not what we've been asked to do. And we're just filling ourselves up and we're feeling full and we're feeling great, but there's a world around us that God has called us to reach. There's a great commission that we've been called to preach and teach and bring to the world. And if we simply dutifully follow the Lord, try to glorify the Lord, but we don't know how to love or enjoy him or receive his love, we're simply falling into legalism. And we're simply moving through the actions of the scripture without the heart posture of a worshiper. And it's both and. Actually, the, the outworking, the glorifying God through all we do is the very, it's the very outworking overflow of a life laid down for Jesus, but a life that, that is loved by Jesus. That as we've learned to enjoy him and enjoy all the beautiful things he's given us, we can't help but overflow to the world around us. Amen. And this is the legacy we're called to live. As we're entering the series, as we're thinking about backwards and forwards, we're thinking about what's going to happen after we die, as we're thinking about what we're going to do with our lives, this is the very purpose of man, is to glorify and enjoy God with our lives, to be the, the servant of all, to be the, the, the salt and light of the earth. And we can only do it with him and through him. And so I want to I I charge us this morning. When's the last time we enjoyed him? Like really, truly enjoyed him. Amen, Antoine. When's the last time we, not in a sense of legalism, but just in a sense of love and desire. Y'all y'all hear me on that? Not because we have to, because we get to. I didn't drive 14 and a half hours to see Jess because I had to. I would have broken up with her if I had to. It's because I wanted to. I was desperate. And sometimes as, as the church, we've, we've forgotten our first love. I mean, the church, okay? And the call is to return to our first love. To remember for the very reason we entered this great salvation. For a love that was laid down on a cross for you and I to, to live in eternity with Jesus. I want to ask us to stand.
just take a moment and, and, and posture your heart. Take another few minutes with me and, and just ask the Lord that honestly. When's the last time I enjoyed you, God? When's the last time I felt that spark of love towards you? When's the last time I got butterflies just to be in your presence? And, and be honest with yourself. I felt that this morning there's just an invitation for us to, to do just that, to return to first love. And I want to invite you if you're in this room and that's not, you've not been in that place of first love. And we all, we all can have hard seasons. We all can slip into it. But today's a great time to return to first love. And just to pray a simple prayer and just begin by repenting to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm so sorry for any way that I've not kept you first in my heart. Lord, I'm sorry for any way that I haven't made you the ruler and author and lover in my life. If that's you right now, just, just tell him, Lord, I repent. And then just tell the Lord, Lord, would you help me to return to my first love? Come on, all across this place, let's just all pray. Lord, would you help us to be hungry for you? Lord, here at Catch the Fire, Raleigh, Durham, in this body of believers, in this expression of faith, would you help us to be madly, deeply in love with you? I feel that there's even some of us in this room that need to pray that prayer like, Lord, help me learn how to love you. Show me how to love you. It's without Jesus, we're hopeless to even love Jesus. So Jesus, help us. Show us how to love you. And I want to break off all, all legalism, all shame, all, all condemning spirits off of you. I want to impart a creative spirit of how to find joy in his, in his presence over you. Whether you're, you're at the gym and you're listening to worship music and you're talking to God, whether you're on a run, whether you're whatever you're doing, you're in your prayer closet, that we would find ways in our cubicles to just to love him to enjoy him, to speak to him, to be with him. Lord, would you show us ways to love you? When I was a student in Bethel, I, I remember I was randomly like doing some push-ups and the spirit of the Lord fell on me. I know this is a weird story to tell, but um, the Lord reminded me about it in first service, so I just want to share it. But I'm doing these push-ups and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord falls on me and I just feel the Lord whispered to me and just say, Aaron, I'm with you in all things and all things can be worship to me. Worship is not simply singing a song. Our lives laid down is worship. So Lord, show us how to love you. 
Show us how to love you. And the second invitation, the second charge this morning is, Lord, would you help us to be a people that glorify your name? Lord, as Heidi loves to say, Heidi Baker, would you pick me up like a paintbrush and use me however you want? Paint your picture. I felt this at the Overflow Conference and the Lord reminded me about it as I was preparing for today, but I felt the Lord saying that it's time to dream again. It's time to throw off that kind of like COVID slumber. It's time to throw off that heaviness. It's time to throw off that weariness and enter into the grace of the Holy Spirit to dream again for our lives. To dream the ways that we're going to transform our nation, the ways that we're going to transform our city, the ways that we're going to glorify God in our neighborhoods, in our cities. So just begin to ask the Lord where you are. Lord, would you show me how to glorify you in my life? Lord, would you show us how to glorify you with our yes, with our lives laid down before your throne? Lord, call us deeper Father, as James says, faith without works is dead. Oh, Lord, let that be sobering to all of us. Let us even glorify you with our works. Not because we have to, but because we desire you. Because we are so radically in love with you. And let all spirit of legalism that tries to cling to any believer, just, just get out that this would be a place of overflow from love first and foremost. Father, let us just show our love to you with our lives, with our yes. Lord, I thank you for this, this family. I thank you for the legacy of this church, of this community of faith, of these lives that will far surpass us in this generation. I thank you that you're with us, that you are so good and faithful to use us. And you're just asking us to be faithful with our little lives. that you're actually really kind and loving and leading us. So Jesus, we just position ourselves to be people who say yes before your throne. We position ourselves to be people who are falling madly in love with you. Would you continue to help us to set our eyes on you and your throne, not our eyes on the thrones of man? I just felt a a quickening, but we kind of prayed about it. But if anyone's just felt a season of weariness, would you just raise your hand? Be brave. Have you been in a season of weariness? We've got a few over here. Come on, raise them them so we can see them. All right, find somebody with their hand raised, church family. Begin to prophesy like Ezekiel for the dead bones to come to life. 
that God would breathe his sinew and his flesh and his very nature and being into that which is dead. And we prophesy that which is dead come to life. We speak to every dead bone, every spirit of hopelessness and weariness. We say, we command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Hey, we say, Lord, would you have the final say? Would you turn wrong things right? Would you turn it around? God, turn it around in their lives. And that which the enemy has stolen, we don't just ask, but we command that it would be returned to them tenfold in your name. In your name. I feel the Lord saying, those that put your hand up, that he's not done with you yet. That hold, I feel like he's saying, hold your head up. And I feel like the Lord's calling you to hear me out, not a worldly sense of pride, but a, a pride in your father and his ability to turn it around in your life. And a pride in the fact that, that God is a God that turns it around in the final hour. So put your hope, put your trust, put your faith in him. God, would you turn it around? And before we close, if you're in this room and you need, you need prayer, you need a miracle in your body, somebody was just testifying me who got honestly healed from all sorts of things like hearing loss and I don't even remember it all. Hearing loss, acid reflux, and some sort of weird thing in their ear. The Lord also wants to heal you. If you need a miracle in your body, if you need a miracle in your finances and your family, we have a ministry team who would love to pray for you. So ministry team, please come just line up here in front of the podium. And if you need prayer, come forward. But we bless you, church family. Have an amazing, amazing week. We look forward to seeing you next week for our, our second topic in our legacy series. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us. There are so many opportunities to grow, connect, and be encouraged. To learn more, visit ctfraleigh.com and follow us on social media. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are so thankful for you.